Good morning. We are in the spirit on this day, this Monday, uh, the 15th of September. Boy, it just passes all. It's passing very quickly. But anyway, uh, time flies, but those times that we can spend in the spirit just seem to ground our lives. And so I invite you to be in the spirit on the Lord's Day with me. Uh, as I was contemplating on exactly what to say today, I remembered a story uh, from my childhood. I remember one time I got into a fight with uh, a little neighbor boy. And, oh my goodness, I thought that was just so traumatic. And when I got home, I told my dad about it. And he asked me what happened. And I said, well, Tommy came up and he, he hit me and I ran home. And he said, don't ever do that again. You don't have to hit somebody the first time. But if they hit you, you make them pay for it. Well, I spent the first 16 years, 17 years, no, 18 years of my life living that out. I can't even begin to tell you how many fights I got into. My classmates and my neighborhood friends, they knew one thing about me. They knew that if they hit me, I was going to make them pay. And I know that my dad was very proud of that. And of course, as I reflect on that, I realize that all of that came out of a deep insecurity on the part of my father. Now, I, I feel bad for him, even though he has been dead so long that he lived his life insecure and feeling that he had to get back if at all possible and that he relished in my seemingly love for payback. Well, the scripture today whew, is completely counter to that. In fact, the scripture today is completely counter-cultural to at least America, but perhaps, perhaps to the whole world, because Jesus' teaching here is just different than payback. Listen to what he says in Matthew 5, uh, verse 38. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. Wow. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Right. <laughs> that, that was never going to happen to me again as a boy. Ever. But of course, in Christ, 
we realize that we once thought like a child and talked like a child and reasoned like a child. But when we became a man, we put away childish things. If anyone, Jesus said, if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. Wouldn't that be a scene in a modern-day courtroom that if somebody unjustly sued you and took away some property, that you handed over more property? That that would be that would be unheard of. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. And a lot of you know that in the Roman days, if a, a Roman uh, soldier would kind of, well, well, force you to go one mile and carry uh, his pack or anything else of his, uh, you were obligated as a subjugated people, you were obligated to carry that pack one mile. But at the end of that mile, you could put it down. But Jesus is saying, don't go one mile, go two miles. If somebody strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. I, I don't know what culture, you know, you might be from wherein that behavior would be normal, but it is not normal in our culture. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. And so Jesus is teaching, well, this is hard stuff. At least on the surface, it is hard. But I would, I would propose to you that Jesus is teaching us the way of peace. Now, this is the morning in the spirit. And so we are interpreting Jesus' text from a spiritual perspective and not a worldly perspective. Retaliation, getting even, payback, leaves us empty, or worse, it leaves us full of bitterness and just waiting for an opportunity to give payback. And not just, not just an eye for an eye, but two eyes for an eye, two teeth for a tooth. Oh, yeah. There's no peace in payback. There's no peace in trying to do eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. There's, there's just no peace there. Jesus said, do not resist the one who is evil. Now, that is completely countercultural. For we are taught to... Uh, you know, fight against evil and resist evil at every turn. And Jesus said, you know, don't, 
don't resist evil. And it's kind of like if uh, it was an old thing called uh, isometric exercises where you would push one hand against the other and you would push and push and push until the muscles were just worn out and and in that way you would build your muscles but the more peaceful way of dealing with that is that when somebody pushes against us we just we just don't resist it we just don't resist it and that is the way of peace now I want to clarify some things here, all right? Because when Jesus tells us don't resist the evil, he's not telling us to give, he's not telling us to be evil. Just the contrary. He's telling us to overcome evil with good. That's exactly what he's telling us, all right? Uh, in, In our culture, in our materialistic way of looking at things uh, there's no forgiveness there's no gentleness uh, in the spirit of payback uh, if we were to forgive somebody that would be seen as a sign of weakness not as a sign of strength hmm. so we would say, well, that's just the way we roll. We, you know, you you exact something from me, and I will exact twice as much from you. Uh, you will not you will not forget the day that I got payback from you. That is that is the way we roll. But there's no peace in that. There's no inner peace. There's no outer peace. There's no gentleness. There's no forgiveness. When Stephen was being stoned to death, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Almost to a word, as what Jesus said to the Father on the cross. So Stephen would say, Lord, forgive them. Forgive them even as he was being stoned to death. Now, that's the way of peace. Of course, Stephen did die, but he died in peace, not filled with hate or fear or vengeance. Hmm. That's, That's the way to go. Now, we grow deeply in the Spirit. We grow deeply in the Spirit when we are able to let go of resentments and of wounding. Now, I'm going to say that again. We grow deeply in the Spirit, much closer to the Father when we are able to let go of resentments and wounding. Letting go does not justify the wrong or say that we have to put ourselves in this position over and over again. No. Uh, letting go does does not say that we have to remain in a place of oppression, in a relationship of oppression. It doesn't mean those things. 
but it means that we will not seek retaliation, but that we will pray for the one who is wounding us. We pray for God's deliverance of us. Yes, that is a legitimate prayer. We pray for God's deliverance of us, even as we pray for them, the oppressor, to be forgiven. We acknowledge that payback belongs to God. In Romans, the 12th chapter, starting with verse 19, Paul, now remember, Paul was one that advocated the stoning of Stephen and heard Stephen say, Lord, forgive them. Hold not this sin against them. So, Paul said, and I'll start at verse 17, repay no one evil for evil. Oh no, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. And then in 19, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay says the Lord. You see, only the Lord judges justly enough and righteously enough and knows enough about the offender to be able to judge correctly, to be able to mete out the right punishment. So, even in the midst of being persecuted, even in the midst of being mistreated, even in the midst of even our friends betraying us, we, we do not seek payback. Instead, we allow all of that to God and we pray for their repentance and for their change of heart. To the contrary, Paul said, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, that <laughs> might seem out of place, you know, uh, if we're not seeking vengeance, but we're seeking to drop burning coals of fire on somebody's head. Well, it doesn't seem to fit the right bill of goods, does it? But yet, our not seeking vengeance, our not seeking payback, retaliation, this is heaping burning coals of fire on the offender's head in the sense that hopefully they will feel shame and they will come to repentance. But if they do not come to repentance, uh, our 
not retaliating, our not repaying evil for evil is part of what will actually be judgment upon them in the last day unless they repent. Do not be overcome by evil, Paul said, but overcome evil with good. The bottom line here is what Paul said. <laughs> Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not become like the world, seeking revenge, seeking payback, wishing your enemy evil and not well. Don't don't become like the world like that. Don't don't allow the world to pollute you and to change you, but allow the Holy Spirit to give you peace. So much peace that you will do good to those who do you evil, and you will overcome evil with good. Now, this is not Pollyannish. Because Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good courage, he said, in John 16, 33. Be of good courage, for I have overcome the world. Jesus overcame sin by forgiving it. Jesus overcame a cruel and unjust punishment by allowing it to happen instead of calling down vengeance from God out of heaven. Jesus said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That is our prayer whenever we are faced with oppression. And we pray for God's deliverance and trust that God will deliver us. We pray that that which is evil in people is transformed by the power of God into good. Well, that's all for today. Uh, that's enough for a Monday, huh? And tomorrow I'll bring you some more from the Sermon on the Mount. God bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you.